name is Juan and this is Breathing Babes. After an unintentional month-long break, I am back with a new episode. And look, to be honest, I didn't mean to have a month-long break, but you know what January is like. It is the fastest, slowest, longest month of the year. And Akira started back at childcare today. So yes, I have time to do all the things I didn't have time to do. But then I ended up spending an hour fluffing around, another 20 minutes making a to-do list. And you know how the story goes. And look, I, I don't mean to brag, but last night Akira woke up twice, which you guys is a dream since she usually averages about five to seven times a night. And I wonder how tonight would go. I do need to trim her claws in her sleep. Today's babe is me. I'm the babe. So my name is Juan. Yes, yes, I uh, have a quirky candle line called Yumi and Bones that is turning seven years old this year which is crazy. I started uh, candle making in 2013 as a hobby and I guess having like a obsessive, uh, passionate personality, I turned my hobby into a business. I also just started a new business called Yes Buddy, which at the moment has one product that is really, really good looking reusable bags made out of recycled plastic. I'll be sharing Akira's birth story with you in full details. I documented her birth at around eight weeks after I had her so I could look back and remember it all. So lucky you, you get to hear all about it. I just want you to know that while this is a positive birth story, it is the most fucked up thing I ever have to do and there are quite a lot of details. I would say that I had a good pregnancy. I feel like my negative experiences were nothing compared to some women and yeah sure some days I couldn't walk due to my hip pains and I couldn't sit for longer than 15 minutes and I always... You know, having at least two hot wheat bags attached to me, but I loved being pregnant. And I've never actually slept so much in my life. There's nap time pretty much all day, every day, and it was amazing. I actually miss my bump heaps, and I miss that feeling of little baby kicks from inside of me. Um, not so much towards the end, though, with the kicks. It's really hard to explain what being kicked in the vagina from the inside feels like, but it's not pleasant. So I worked my butt off for the whole pregnancy and I'm not saying that in a braggy way. I was actually panic working my way through the whole time since I was convinced that I would not be able to do anything once the baby comes as well as telling myself that I would not stop working for anyone but I guess that is the biggest joke of 2018. Now on to labor. So I'll start from the beginning. I was 38 weeks and five days. I was too heavy to drive myself to get a haircut and my brows did as well as too heavy to clean the house in preparation to the birth. So I had a couple of cleaners in the house doing that for me while I was packing away some candles that I made. So one of the cleaners asked me when I was due and I told her one week to go and she said, wow, I um." And, you know, I think she was feeling sorry for me since I was just waddling around the house like there's no tomorrow. I began to feel this dull pain shooting from my lower tummy down to my butthole around five-ish in the evening on the Friday, right after the cleaners left. I thought it was some mad Braxton Hicks that I haven't experienced. One of my friends had painful ones where I've only ever felt tightness and pressure. So I thought maybe, maybe this is Braxton Hicks that everyone was talking about. So it was meant to be a busy weekend. Got a wedding to attend on the Saturday 
and we've got a market store at the big vegan market on Saturday and Sunday and my partner Dan and I still have to set up for the store that night. So Dan got home at around six and I told him about the discomfort and he smiled, joking about the fact that maybe we were going to have a baby soon. The pains were becoming more uncomfortable as the hours ticked on and by around 8pm while setting up for the market at the venue, I had to stop to take a breather with every air quotes contractions. So Dan and I were laughing at how ridiculous it would be if I was actually in labor and I was totally fine in between contractions. We were able to do what we had to do at the venue and by about 9pm we left, had to detour to my friend's place on the way home as I hired her to work for me that weekend. I told her, look, I don't think I'll be coming in before the wedding tomorrow. Um, The wedding was at the Melbourne Museum, which is right opposite where Big Vegan Market was going to be and that I'm too sore and I'm probably just going to, you know, I might be going into labor, who knows, and we just laughed. So Dan and I got home at around 10 p.m. and by 10.30 I was like, you know what, I, I think I am in labor. The contractions were quite consistent at this stage. I was still super casual about the pains at this point though and we haven't, well, I haven't tracked the contractions or anything. I just felt like it was pretty frequent yes it hurts but because of what i heard about how labor pain you know is like the worst period cramp you ever feel and the whole oh you know when you're in labor thing i was just going along with it and you know i was thinking maybe it's not labor or i still have long to go yet because one of the things they told us at birthing class as well is that usually first time mums are going to labor for quite a while and The main reason was that I was super in denial about going into labor and having this baby that I've been cooking for the past nine months. So I rang the hospital just to make sure and advised the midwife, Justine, that the contractions were averaging about 50 seconds and are about three to five minutes apart and are getting rather consistent, but it's not that bad pain, pain-wise. I was told to stop recording the contractions, stop focusing on it, and just to have some rest and relax. So I showered, washed my hair, shaved my legs, and hang out with Dan for a bit on the fitball. I must say that I've texted a couple of friends who just had their babies to ask them what labor was like for them and what the hell was I feeling. One of my friends asked me if I wanted to hurry the labor up or delay it. And I said to her, look, I'd like to delay it for another week. Thank you very much. And Dan said to me, so this is it. It's happening. And I said to him, I hope not because I'm really not ready for this. And I guess you can see the theme of in denial here. So by about 1am I got into bed but then five minutes later I realised I can't relax anymore. I can't even lay down to try to go to sleep. With each contraction it hurts so much more. I got out of bed to pee and voila there's bright red blood on my pad. I don't think I was told to put a pad on but I just I'm just scared to have my waters you know broken in bed because I feel like it's another thing I have to worry about so I put a pad on just in case and lucky um there was some blood on it so Dan was shaving his beard at this point and I was like yeah I think we need to go to the hospital and I asked Dan to call the midwife because I, I just couldn't talk to them I didn't want to for some reason I don't know why and he ended up handing the phone to me anyway oh yeah I didn't want to talk to them because I was in labor sorry <laughs> I was in pain 
But the phone was given to me anyway because he couldn't answer the questions that the midwife, Kate, this time was asking him. And I was, um, you know, I had to pause and breathe through the contractions at this point. And I felt like each contraction lasts much longer this time. Maybe because I was on the phone to someone and I have to answer their question. You know, like when someone asks you a question as soon as you put food in your mouth and then you have to chew and look at them and smile with your mouthful, it felt uncomfortable. So maybe that's why I felt like the contractions were longer than it was. So she said just to come in so she could have a look at my bloody pad and we'll go from there. Because I don't, I don't know what a bloody show slash milkers plug looked like. I did not care to Google it. It's just not something that sounds delicious. Um, I told Dan that we have to go to the hospital and he goes, can I still shower quickly? <laughs> and I said, yes, no worries. I had no care in the world. And that was, you know, I was totally like whatever about the whole thing. So once we we're ready, I went to say bye to the cats who the whole night have been hanging around me, but at the same time would not let me get too close. And it was really weird. They wouldn't let me touch them. They ran away from me. So I said to Dan that I think they, they knew something was up. So on the way to the hospital, which is 15 minutes away from us, we... You know, I said to him that we need to stop at the petrol station, that I need my snacks. And of course, Dan wasn't too keen because, you know, I was in labor and I might have a baby any second. I think that's what he was thinking. But he, yeah, he wasn't too keen, but we stopped anyway. And I insisted that I must pick my own snacks. So he was asking me at the petrol station when I was in the car. He's like, what do you want? And I said, I don't know. I need to go see. I need to see what they have. And he was just like, are you, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and yes, I am fucking serious. So a few contractions later at the petrol stations, we were off and got to the hospital at 2 a.m. So it took us about an hour in the end of the midwife telling us to come in and we got there. And I remember worrying about the parking. I don't want to get a fine. And that was actually something in the birthing class that the midwife was telling us about for us to park in proper spots because... They're not liable if we get parking tickets. So I was just like, you know, where are you going to park? You need to park properly. I don't want a fine and I don't want to have to worry about moving the car later or whatever. And I was also worried about the bags. We packed three bags and we hardly used anything in them. So I remember the receptionist smiling when Dan told them that I was in labor and we were told to head down to the birthing suite where I met Kate, the second lady that I spoke with on the phone. So Kate got me on the bed and I was monitored for about an hour and I remember it being pretty uncomfortable as I had to be on my back the whole time because every time I moved to lay on my side the um, belly monitor was moving and it wouldn't record properly and I guess... I don't know about, you know, you if you're pregnant. I just could not be on my back at all because there was just so much pressure from the bump and it was really uncomfortable. So after an hour at 3 a.m., Kate suggested that we do an internal to see how dilated I was, if I was dilated at all. And gosh, that was really painful. And by this point, everything hurts. But that internal was just horrible and I still remember it. I don't know why it was so painful 
maybe because they shuffle like you know almost a whole hand up there but so Kate apologized and said you're about six to seven di- um, centimeters dilated so you're not going home tonight she thought I was going to be sent home because I was just the whole time I was just I was just fine between contractions we were laughing and joking around and so I was I was glad that she said I was staying but at the same time I was like fucking hell I'm gonna have the baby tonight um she showed me her bloody hand and said this is your mucus plug to which I said to her ew and suggested that I jump into the shower sorry she suggested I, I jump into the shower and I was like no I didn't want to get my crotch wet and I was comfortable where I was but then I gave in when I saw the blood and all the gooey stuff on the bed. And you know what? It was the best decision ever. There were two shower heads at the hospital, at the birthing suite. And I had water on hot, which, and you know, with one head pointing at my back and the other one I was holding under my bump. If I was to give feedback for that scenario, I would say I'd like for the water pressure to be harder, like a... Um, a heavy rainfall so I was introduced to another younger midwife Sarah I think was her name and she was heaps of fun she was about three months into being a midwife at the time and loved her job she said she asked me how I wanted to have the baby would I like to have the baby in the shower on the floor on the bed standing up and I said look I have no birth plan at all and I'll just have the baby wherever I happen to be at the time although hopefully not in the shower because I don't want any teenier vibe on my baby. She was really funny. And I was worried about doing a poo because I thought I took laxative earlier that night. I just, I wanted to clear my bowels before I'm in labor and birth. So I thought, okay, if I have heaps of time between now and giving birth, maybe I might as well just evacuate my bowel a little bit. And I didn't take laxative. I ended up realizing when I got home that I took a stool softener instead and it didn't work of course and I didn't want to poop everywhere because of the laxative slash stool softener and um, Sarah laughed at me and said it's all very normal and it happened more than you think. The more I thought about it at the time the more I wanted to have my baby on my knees. I read that it's quite a natural position and that's why I was stressed about the poo thing because if I have Akira on my knees right and as she was coming out and if I was pooping the first thing that would touch her would be my poo and I didn't really want that and I was really stressing out about it so I was offered gas many times but I declined and I remember um once I was on the bed after the shower Sarah keeps asking if I was sure I didn't want epidural and she kept hinting like she keeps saying things like at this point you know a lot of women would want epidural now you're doing great are you sure you don't want epidural and I think she's kind of I feel like she's trying to tell me that hey this is your window have you know if you'd like to have pain relief just to have it now but I was just worried about I worried that the pain would get worse and by this point it was pretty bad but I feel like it could go worse and worse and if I would have to have pain relief now that it will wear off at the wrong time or that it will prolong labor for longer. I I don't know what I was thinking. So at this point in the shower I felt the sensation of a big clot clot of blood you know like when you have your period coming out of me 
And so I touched myself, but I saw no blood and in the shower, it's quite dark. I didn't want the light on. So I didn't say anything to anyone and turns out that was my waters breaking. So after that, the pain went from like from a six to an eight and holy shit, I asked to get out of the shower and onto the fitball and you know, I, I said, okay, I'll have gas now. And I told Sarah with every bounce on the fitball that every contraction I feel like something was gushing out of me. And Sarah said, oh, that must be your waters. Um, and she had a look at my pad and I told her about what happened in the shower. And she said, yeah, yeah, your waters broke. She called it at about 4 a.m. And I was moved onto the bed and the pain just intensified. I feel like after my waters broke, that was when everything just went to shit pain-wise. So the midwives encouraged me to breathe in gas with every contraction and I didn't think it helped with the pain at all but it did make me feel pretty high and you know Dan later told me that he felt gas was working for me because I was a bit loopy he said. So I asked for morphine by this point and first Kate didn't say anything so I asked again and she said look I'll have to speak to my boss and we know what that means. I knew it was too late and I was pushing my luck anyway. Yeah, she came back, uh, checked me over again, said nothing about the status of the morphine. So I asked, look, Dan, Dan, can you please help me ask for morphine? I didn't hear what she said, but he was super polite about it. Just imagine me screaming my head off, making weird animal noises because I was in heaps of pain and Dan went up to Kate and go, yeah, Juan said she would like some morphine, please. And I, I would laugh if I could, but I couldn't because I was too busy screaming. So Kate and Sarah then said they'll be back and left the room. And I felt like as soon as they left, I needed to push. And the urge to push was intense, like no other urges I felt before. And I said to Dan, you need to get them back in here now. I, I need to push. And I didn't say this to him politely. I was yelling at him, I'm pretty sure. So Dan pressed the button and Kate rushed in super quick. And Dan said ever so politely again, Juan said she needs to push. And I don't remember this part too, clear, too clearly as to which bit comes first. But I had another internal and yes, it killed. And then Kate goes, I can feel the head. And at that point, I said to her, oh, fuck, are you serious? But she also said my cervix is still uh, still quite thin. So she told me to push only a little bit so that my cervix um, would open. And then I told, was told not to push at all while I was yelling, I need to push. And also, please, can I have morphine? I was really polite. I was a real, a really polite yeller. So Kate told me not to push because she has to prep the room for the birth and I was like but we're in the birthing suite like it's prepped what else do you need to do I was so I was making animal noises that I've never made before nor that I can think I couldn't make again or at the time you know the pain and the pressure was intense and it was all in the bottom for me it didn't feel like I needed to do a massive poo for me it was more just so much so much pressure inside of my butt it was really heavy I'm that's the best I could explain so when I look up again I saw Kate in, in her get up so she had safety plastic safety goggle on 
she had a plastic apron gloves um, that comes up to her elbow yes so the safety goggle and she had like a mask thing to cover like the plastic mask thing to cover her face as well so it's like a plastic version of a welder i i guess so she was ready to go she's in her she's in her uniform she said to me okay now you can push i said no no i don't want to push anymore i'm i'm just too scared so she was kate was guiding me told me when and how to push and all I could do was making these weird primal noises while I uh, you know while yelling for Dan to help me just please help me and the pain you know I thought I was going to die and I probably am exaggerating but at that time I've never felt that kind of feelings before and that was the you know is the best description you know and at one selfish split second I was hoping for something to go wrong so I can be wheeled into surgery and they could get rid of this pain and I, I actually feel really bad still for thinking that it was you know it's very selfish of me but nothing went wrong and I was guided the whole way through the birth and as much pain as I was in I felt like I was in safe hands so at one stage Justine um, the older midwife that picked up the phone at the beginning she came back into the room and apparently the baby's head was crowning at this time so she she came in looked at the baby door entrance and she goes beautiful just beautiful you know if I wasn't screaming in pain I would have laughed so hard who else would look at a bloody vagina with a crowning baby head and say beautiful I guess only a midwife Kate told me firmly but politely to stop making those noises as I am not putting enough energy into pushing but because I am making those noises I was putting energy into that instead so I yelled back at her that I am sorry but I couldn't help it <laughs> and that was the only time where I thought why am I being told off for something I can't control but I got over that pretty quickly and so Justine then helped me with my breathing while pushing and tell you what the ring of fire is so so real and I keep backing away from it really badly I was so so scared of the pain and no one told me that the pain isn't just on your vagina and you know on your butt um, but it the pain was also upwards um, at the top of the vulva and your clit and it was crazy and the only thing that got me over that line to really push was when Kate told me to push some more because she just wanted the baby's little nose out. And I was thinking, oh no, I'm suffocating my baby with my vagina. So I pushed. So I was asked if I wanted to feel the baby's head. And I said, no, thank you. And the midwives were surprised. I said no, which made me feel a bit weird. But I didn't, I didn't want to feel her head. I think I was still in denial at this point. I, I don't know. But I, I do wonder if reaching over to touch the baby's head would help me push her out easier. Who knows? I was told to keep pushing and to keep my chin to my chest while I push. So I remember thinking how silly and unattractive I would have looked, um, you know, to Dan at the moment. But I was chanting chin to chest, chin to chest while I was pushing. <laughs> I was told to do another push and out my baby comes and she straight away was put onto my chest 
I still remember her little face, so squishy and squinty and her whole body was purple and she looked at me and then she cried. And everyone, well, the midwives were kind of fussing over her, wrapping her back, wrapping her up while I looked at Dan and just said to him, oh my God, the cord was still attached at this point. And every time someone moved her, the cord was tugging painfully at me. Then Kate asked us, um, do you want her to know if she's a boy or a girl? And Dan and I laughed and that was, I don't know about Dan, but that was the last thing on my mind. I didn't, we didn't know the gender of the baby, but I didn't even think about whether we had a girl or boy you know we had a baby the cord was in the way of Akira's genitals at the time so once Kate moved it out of the way what I thought were little balls were actually puffy vagina and I thought you know and I thought we were gonna have a boy this whole time up until about the last couple of weeks before the due date because all my pregnant friends had boys by then and of course which means I'm having a girl and here it was a girl Kate then asked if I'd like to breastfeed her and I said sure but Akira wouldn't latch on so Kate had to hand pump colostrum into a syringe and feed it to Akira and while Dan was cutting her cord I was told to push the placenta out and I said what now my god I just pushed out my baby and Kate was like yes you have to do it now and so she pushed on my tummy which was not fun times and bloop I pushed out the placenta which I feel is the closest to how it must feel like to giving birth to a big jellyfish. So I got to see what the placenta looked like and Kate said everything is attached which is great and the whole time I had the shakes and I was like I was it was like I was shivering from being cold and it was really weird I could not stop shaking at all. I forgot to add that for me while I was pushing Kate was uh, holding hot compress on the top and bottom of the baby door and I, that was the best best thing it helped with the stretching and it kind of like I feel like it, it kind of helped with the pain as well so I asked her for more of those so while Akira is being checked over Kate told me that this brown bit here on the bed was Akira's poo and not yours and I could not care less at this point. I get to hang out with Akira in the birthing bed for a little bit until another midwife asked me if I'd like to have a shower in the birthing suite or later in the ward. Which I thought was a bit sudden. Like I just give birth you know. I thought I would just have time to chill a bit but they kind of have to get you out of the birthing room as fast as you know as fast as you can so the next person can have a baby in there which is fair enough. So they're still waiting for an OB to come and check on me to see whether or not I need stitches and they were apologizing for it taking so long and I was like I, I really don't care um I don't even like I don't even want to have a shower can I just lay here in this mess and just chill a bit and but then I looked down on the bed and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I probably should clean all this shit off me. So the OB finally came and checked me out. She asked me to put my legs on the stirrups, which I find pretty embarrassing out of everything that just happened. And also I couldn't, and this was during the transition as well, this transitioning period as well, where I was told many times to pull my leg up to my chest and I couldn't. That was something I couldn't do during birth and after birth. I'm like, I can't. I just keep yelling at them. I can't. I can't. I don't know how to pull my legs up. And I can't even lift my legs up by myself because my legs just was just too heavy. So I, 
they helped me put my legs onto the stirrups which yeah I, I find that was quite embarrassing out of everything that just happened I don't know why and the checkup was painful um, I didn't need stitches as it was a, um, you know only small grace but she's gonna give me some pain relief and I was just like fuck yes give me some pain relief what she didn't tell me though that were the pain relief was going to be popped up my butt and that hurt but it was pretty much instant like I, I felt great straight away. So once that was over, I was asked again where I'd like to have my bloody shower. I guess they really needed me to get the hell out of there. So I show the shower with the um, double shower heads. Thank you very much. And tell you what, getting up from lying down for so long after birth and after being pregnant for nine months is fucked up. You can't, you like, you can kind of feel your organs slowly readjust, and it was so unreal. And in the shower, I went to wipe my lady bits and I gasped. And I looked down and the whole bloody area were like, there were like clouds of angry marshmallows. And everything was swollen and bruised. And it was fucked up. And I looked up at Dan and I was going to tell him about it. But then what I saw was him standing in front of the door, the shower door holding akira and lovingly cooling at her so i saved him from hell you know he's been through enough for now so later he told me that while i asked him to not to look at the business end while i was giving birth he couldn't help but seeing everything but that's because i'm such a short lady so when he was sitting next to me and i was lying down you know half folded almost he he can't not see it he said that akira's head when it was coming out reminded him of avocado with hair and he goes it was not right he said akira and i were then wheeled up into our room where we spent a few hours in our little new parents bubble and those were the best few hours of my life i reckon akira came at 5 26 a.m and we didn't tell anyone about her until about 1 p.m. I felt like I was on top of the world, I guess, from the adrenaline rush plus those painkillers taking effect quick smart via my butt. The first night at the hospital and the first night at home was super rough. Akira did not enjoy sleeping if it wasn't on one of us and she was super gassy and was scream crying like she was in so much pain. The midwives at the Mercy though were so so amazing and helpful. It was really hard hearing your fresh baby cry like they're in agony for the first time. Dan had to duck out on Sunday night to pack down our market store that we had on all weekend as well as getting the car seat in, which was something we didn't really think of doing beforehand. I got to have sushi and sashimi for my second dinner, which was amazing. Leaving the hospital on Monday morning felt a little bit weird. I wasn't ready to have all the external support cut off, but Dan was super ready to go home. Akira was so tiny in the car seat and she slept all the way home. The moment we got home though, her nappy had orangey reddish stuff in it and I was like, we literally just left the hospital. What is this in her nappy? We rang the hospital and they said, look, it's normal, something to do with her hormones or urine or something. That isn't big, a big deal. I don't remember the exact term they use. And then the next day she had a discharge with a little blood in it and apparent that apparently that's normal as well, like something like a baby's period or something. I might have made that up, but I'm pretty sure that's what they told me. 
and then she had jaundice but it was nothing it was really small scale um I just had to feed her heaps I just wish you know those things that we experience at home were something that they would talk you know tell us about to look out for at the hospital so going back on the birth bit the pain of childbirth was nothing like I've ever felt before I've had shingles a few years a few years back where I couldn't put my weight on my left leg and I could hardly walk and I thought that was the worst pain I've ever experienced I've had a really random excruciating period pains a couple of years later where I vomited or seeing stars and almost passed out but nothing compares to childbirth the ring of fire is so real and I was backing away from it many many times and you were warned about the potential tearing of your I can't say this properly perineum but no one tells you that the pain and risk of tearing goes up the other way as well it was fucked up I remember thinking in labor where I thought I was going to die and I was told that I had a textbook labor that everything that I experienced were normal and as average as could be the contractions and the urge to push were so so intense and indescribable I was like an animal you know my inner hippo came out and I was screaming and yelling making sounds I've never thought I could come out of me the actual birth though after Akira came out it was an instant relief it was like everything all the pain was just gone straight away after Akira came out what surprised me during Akira's birth was the really tight burning pain shooting up my clit during the birth and this I guess goes back to the whole you can tear upwards what surprised me as well was how quick Akira Akira came out after the head was out and the weirdness sensation of delivering the placenta the noises again the noises I didn't know I could make and last but not the least how my vagina and butthole become painful clouds of marshmallows after birth I just needed to say that again I'm sorry yeah that that shit was really nasty I also want to say that Dan was really amazing during Akira's birth and to be honest I was super focused on the midwives rather than on Dan but he was definitely my rock and I wouldn't be able to do it without him there. I think I almost tore his arm off him the poor guy but he was a trooper and would do it again with him but probably not again in general with childbirth. And we got home, I'm not going to lie, I feel a bit ashamed that I jumped back into work pretty much straight away when I could have, I guess, spent time to bond with Akira. And I did bond with her, but I was just so stuck on the fact that I didn't want to compromise my work because I had a baby, and it, which is very silly of me. And I think that kind of led me down the path of postnatal depression and anxiety I noticed my feelings straight away as I was seeing a psychologist for anxiety throughout the whole pregnancy and I reached out for help. So one advice I guess is that if you know that you have experienced depression and anxiety pre-pregnancy, let the hospital and your midwife know and if they don't refer to a psychologist straight away, which in this case the um, the OB that I saw at the Mercy did straight away refer me just to ask for a referral so you can see someone throughout the pregnancy. Yeah, so I noticed my feelings straight away and I reached out for help. 
my head isn't above the water entirely but I feel much better as a person and as a mother. Working on your own business with a small baby was really hard. I don't know if Akira was a normal baby or she was extra clingy but we really struggle with her sleeping by herself which is fair enough I guess you know they've been inside of you for nine months and they want that comfort and warm. Akira um, is coming up to two years old now and I think it wasn't until she was after a year old where she does independent play by herself for a certain period of time that she allows me to work for 30 minutes or so at a time. It's also very convenient working from home some days I get to work heaps, some days I don't get to work at all and, and that's okay, I've gotten used to that. I love my little lady and I think she really wants to get back inside of me sometimes if she could. Babies are super clingy. So yes, that is my story. Um, it's really weird talking to no one, so I probably should go. Thanks for listening. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe, leave a review and blah, blah, blah. Okay, bye.